Hello and welcome to this podcast trailer of Sam's Alternative slash Sam Saturday, four hours of power. Podcast one of two, part one. On this part of the podcast, we'll be chatting to Will and Harley from, of course, Total Buzzkill from the Northern Rivers in New South Wales. We'll talk about their latest single, of course, Chemical Station off the EP of the same title, of course. We'll also be talking about how the band formed, how they came up with the band name, what the response has been like for Chemical Station, plus we will also so play the title track on this part of the podcast. We've also got the brand new songs from the Owen Guns as well, plus a whole heap more. So why don't we get into the podcast interview with Will and Harley from Total Buzzkill. Afternoon, Harley. Hello. How are you, Sam? It's Will here. Hello. Oh, Will, sorry. It's come up as Harley. My bad. That's yeah, no, I'm, with, I'm at Harley's place with him. Um, so I just ordered off Harley's one because mine's not working. Apparently. Oh, no, no, that's all right. Oh, shit. Well, I'm glad that it's Will and Harley and I didn't say someone else's name that's in the band that's not on the podcast. That would, be, look, that would look really bad in some ways. No, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Um, yeah, Lindsay couldn't make it today, so it's just, just me and Harley. Oh, that's fine. Two members is as good as any number from a band, really. <laughs> that's right, yeah. yeah. Hey, guys, man. Good, thanks. Harley, yourself? Good, buddy. Good. Thanks for having us on today. Oh, no worries at all. I love your music. I can't get over. It's been three months since Chemical Station, the EP, has been released. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's gone quick, hey? Not very quick, actually. Feels like three weeks, given how much new music has been released since then. So Yeah. uh, It's interesting because... um, I think that EP was a long time coming because a few of the tracks on there we'd had since like we first started, but we just never had the chance to, well, not the chance, but we just never really got around to recording any of them. So that EP was really kind of a great way for us to bring all of our music that we play live online. And sort of bringing it into an EP, like albums are still good, don't get me wrong. I think EPs are generally five to six songs and keeps people just engaged and like, oh, this is a new four or five songs, maybe of a band I've never heard before, let's check them out. Yeah, definitely. That's right. And when you want to bring out an album or something, there's a lot of money and a lot of work involved. You want to make sure that as many people are looking at your band as possible. Mm. So, and the the way to achieve that is by bringing out lots of EPs and singles. And um, yeah, once you've kind of got the the people there looking at you, that's when you know it's time to you know record twelve tracks, release an mm. album. That's it. And also, like, if you drip feed singles, like most of the songs off Chemical Station have been drip fed before the EP release, Mm. it's sort of like if you drip feed three singles and then there's maybe two left on the actual EP that haven't been released as singles, I think that's even more of a um, reason to sort of listen to the whole EP because if all five get drip fed, that's like people might not listen to it when it comes out eventually. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 And but, you want to try and make the most out of your tracks as well. So, you know, you want to try and at least get two or two singles 
out of an EP. So, um, and then, yeah, hit them with another three or four tracks that they haven't heard. Um, yeah, we're still all learning this stuff. It's, um, it's fun. It's a good learning experience. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys seem to have been very busy, not just with the recording stuff, but uh, every second gig I see posted in the events page, it has Total Buzzkill playing at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing a lot of shows, which has been great. Um, great for us, advertising, just building connections is such a big thing. Playing a lot of shows with new bands, we just literally... It's just networking and that's what a lot of it is and um, you just get in with the right kind of bands and then you can play good shows to pack that area, get in with the venues as well. Um, yeah, it's we've been playing a lot in Brisbane lately, um, which has been great. We've met some new bands from that um, and that's just been, yeah, just very rewarding in itself. And then you've got the people that come and listen and have a good time. There's that as well, which is fantastic. And, of course, you guys are from the Northern Rivers of New South Wales, so sort of Lismore area. So Lismore to Brisbane's, what, three hours each yeah, way, yeah. probably? Yeah. yeah, we're not – most times when we go, we drive back and we don't get home till like, four in the morning. So it's, uh, it's a lot of effort. That's, yeah, that's dedication. I guess you yeah. do it because you love it, obviously. If you play a Thursday or a Friday night show – um, up in Brisbane, we all work Monday to Saturday. Um, so we're pretty tired boys at work the next day, but it's a good yeah. thing we've great, got great bosses that mm. understand and are happy to for us to come in tired because they know we're doing something that we love. That's it. So <laughs> we've talked, we've actually mentioned the band and Harley and Will. I actually should probably introduce who Harley and Will are officially. They're Two of the five members, of course, of Total Buzzkill for anyone that's just joined, just let you know, because <laughs> I'd hate to go a whole interview and everyone's like, so who are these guys or yeah. what's the band? <laughs> who are you interviewing? Yeah. <laughs> I've just picked up two strangers off the street and I've just yeah. put them on my podcast to chat to. I have no idea who they are or what they're doing on here, but... <laughs> <laughs> Happy to be here, but it's content. <laughs> yeah, it's Happy content. to be here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so cold down here. I don't know what it's up like your way, but it's like about ten degrees in Gippsland at the moment. It's just Very freezing cold. Cold here today, actually. Yeah, we had a colder night and a colder day, but it's really it is starting to warm up um, at the moment around where we are. Been seeing people swimming in the beach, and the pools are starting to open back up and stuff. So. Um, from here on in, it yeah, it gets starts to warm up and then we it gets real hot very soon. Yes, well, we're into spring already, and I guess in six to eight weeks' time, we'll probably get into the high 20s and even 30s now. Yeah, yeah, I, can't, I don't really like the hot weather, I prefer cold. <laughs> I'm sort of I don't mind it because I'm originally from Kingaroy in Queensland, yeah. so I I'm sort of used to the hot weather, but I don't want 35-degree days, four days in a row. That's just, oh. That's it. Well, where we live, it's not so much a heat. It's a humidity. Originally, I'm from around Canberra, and it used to get pretty hot down there um, through the summer. But after I moved up into this area, it's like the humidity, like from living so close to the rainforest, it um, absolutely kills me. 
Well, I guess, yeah, because you're right up. Well, you're not right up on the border, but you're getting close to the border. And, and yeah, that part, like Coffs Harbour, Ballina, that area, close to the border can get really warm at this time of year. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, and here in Warrigal, everyone's like, oh, it doesn't get warm him. Like, there was a couple of years ago where it got to 45 degrees and we had those fires in... Um, Morwa, which is only three quarters of an hour from us, and we were actually in serious threat. It was that close. So I think people seem to forget that because it happened before, obviously, COVID, which I hate that word. But, um, yeah, the fires happened in Warrigal and Gippsland, and then we moved into the C word, and it was just a horrible six Mm. months, and then the rest was even worse, let's be honest. Yeah, it was it was a rough year or two. We went through similar stuff. Um, yeah, we had bushfires and then lockdowns, and um, we are pretty lucky that we live in a country area. So I live on a bit of a farm, so at least I could, you know, drive around on the farm and go for walks and things like that. And I just really felt for people that lived in apartments in the city and stuff like they must have been going crazy. Mm. Well, and like you couldn't go further than five kilometers away. Like mm. Warrigal's regional Victoria, like our restrictions were nowhere near as bad as Melbourne's, obviously, but there was still a lot of stuff we couldn't do. Like we couldn't go to the city. Um, we couldn't go outside unless it was for the five reasons. It was just, well, like rats in a mate, pretty much. Yeah, it was definitely a, a difficult time, but um, yeah, thank God it's all passed and we're allowed to go to gigs again and have fun with our mates and listen to some mm. live music again. Yes, and, um, and nothing better than attending live music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, just back to the point we heard earlier in the, well, not that it was much earlier because we've been <laughs> talking for 10 minutes, but the thing about you said about uh, um, meeting new people and playing to packed out um, stages and all that, the yep. interesting thing, I had this very conversation with someone on Friday night at the gig and they're just like, um, they wouldn't care if five people showed up to their show and stayed for the whole night to watch them yeah. instead of 100 people. I think the big thing is, if someone has taken time out of their night, day, whatever it may be, to sit there or stand there, whatever it is they want to do, for yeah. three or four hours to watch four or five bands at local pub for 20 bucks, I mean, that in itself speaks volumes of yeah. what it means to be in a band, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You, you only really, if you impress one person in the room, you've done your job. Mm. Um and a lot of those smaller shows, that's where you can really network and meet a lot of um, people that come to watch. You know, you get to go out and have a beer and get to meet them on a, a bit more of a personal level. Uh, the bigger shows, it's a little bit harder to do that because you still go out and network, but you don't have as much time to talk to everyone, mm. I guess. Um, so, yeah, it's good. A lot We've had a lot of big opportunities come from little shows um so it just goes to show that um 
every gig is uh is potentially could lead to something big mm. um, yeah very true yeah and it's just about playing live music like you love doing it um you never know what the turnout's gonna be um but at the end of the day it's about getting on the stage with the boys and and showcasing your work and then getting to meet some awesome bands and some awesome people that come to watch it and and just having fun in the process. Mm, and yeah. I think it, it, you never know who's there either. From They could be a PR for a big-name band in Australia or across Europe or the States. They could be there watching your set thinking, oh, I've got this band from, let's say, Canada, for example, or the US that are touring Australia. This band, Total Buzzkill or whoever it may be, might be suited to be the support act for their upcoming tour. So, yeah, you kind of need to just play each show as if that's kind of it. It's so interesting. I went, um, we did a show recently uh, at a place and the crowd, it was very, it was just a very odd vibe. Like the crowd was there, but they weren't there, like mentally and just kind of interactment was very minimum and, you know, we've played shows like that before, but just, I don't know, you just get a feeling, a vibe sometimes, and it just it wasn't. And that kind of really threw me off. I don't know if it threw the other guys off, but I was just kind of feeling really awkward, which never happens. I'm always quite confident with what I do, but it was just like I got halfway through and just kind of wanted to leave. Um, but then it was funny. I kind of left a few days later and just kind of... uh kind of shifted my mindset and just started, yeah, thinking about uh, oh, what did I do? I went and watched a play. It was like a, a play thing. And the people on stage, it was like they were performers. And I feel how they were performing and what they were doing and how they were singing and acting. Um, they were doing that exact thing uh, when there was no one in the room or if they were practicing or if it was just one person in the room, it was the same every time. And that kind of got me thinking, I was like, I need to, you know, not focus so much on each show and what I'm going to do for each show. It's just more kind of have a set thing that I just perform every single time. But kind of what I'm getting at is it's just important to put on a good show and do well in case you're at the show where people like that are. Uh, mm. and just to always perform and give it your best. Because, um, yeah, you never know who's there, who's watching. Um, yeah, it's very, very important. Mm. I think also, like, it's hard to pick out sometimes the sort of people that are there as PR or managing mm. or promoters and that because I always find, like, a mystery shopper where I work um, in hospitality is someone who's always on their own and asks heaps of questions. But with a music industry person, it's probably not as clear-cut as that. They might just be with a group of people that are just festival or gig-goers, but you wouldn't realise they're part of the scene. That's it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um yeah, I I know the gig Harley was talking about. It was it it was a bit of a strange feeling. Um, 
but it was still fun. Like you just mm. you roll with it. I mean, um, sometimes you can get the room clapping. Like there's a part where I'll stand up with my drum kit and I'll get everyone in the room clapping. And there's been a couple times where I've done that and everyone's just looked at me <laughs> and you go, oh, all right. Yeah. But um, at the end of the day, it did. It depends, I think, really on what part of the night you're playing in. Um, mm. And yeah, just how big the venue room venue room is and how many people are in it. I mean, I've gone to shows and watched bands and it's been a massive venue and there hasn't been very many people and you don't get as, you're still enjoying the music, but you feel very exposed. So you're not dancing as much and things like that. So there is that element where you've got to kind of read the room as well. But um, even after that, we we came off stage at that show and a lot of people walked up to us and they were like, that was an absolute killer set. So you can't think too much into trying to get in the minds of the, the people that are there, trying to understand whether they like us or whether they don't. You, you just get out there and you perform. And mm. um, yeah, it, it always works out. You always have fun. Mm. And I think everyone in life, whatever um, their job or whatever the situation has been, has stuffed up or not had a good, uh, as good as um, performance as they should have. Like, I know I've done some absolute shocking podcast interviews, not this one, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but there's been a couple where it's just like, I listen back and go, oh my God, is that how. I asked that question. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can be your um, own biggest critic, I guess. Um, but, and we're like musicians are, are good for it. Um, I've come off stage before and know that I've made a few mistakes and absolutely been kicking myself and thought, oh, everyone would have seen that. And then everyone walks up and I'm like, mate, that was a, a fantastic show. And it goes, yeah. yeah, it just proves the point that sometimes you get inside your own head and you, you overthink things. Um, but yeah, that's my mentality towards playing gigs is not to overthink it. Just get out there, play it, have a lot of fun and um, meet as many, as many new people and make as many new friends as I possibly can when I get yeah. off the stage. And I think um, a lot of people out there like, have this hesitant, the I'll try that word again, hesitancy. I think I said that completely wrong. Um, yeah. to not actually approach a band after their set because they're like, oh, why should I? You know, they know they've got done a good set and all that. But I think the point is that if a band meets one new person that enjoyed the show, that one person could then tell five of their friends to go listen to this band, then another yeah. five people and all of a sudden you got 20 people at your show. Exactly right. We, um, especially if we do a support show, we will, as soon as we get our gear off stage, we will be in the pit with everyone else and having fun and high-fiving people. And yeah, um, Harley's stage presence is really good. It's really warm and welcoming. And, and he's always saying, you know, come up and have a beer with us, say hi. Um, we had a pretty good moment last night. We played in Brisbane last night and um, we came off stage and 
uh, a group of people walked up and there was a girl there that wanted to buy a shirt and all the boys were there and you know we got to find out where they were from their names um and straight away they were like oh we're gonna come to your next show um when is it mm. and followed us on our socials straight away and um yeah they were just like we talked to them for about 20 minutes or so i think yeah. um yeah. just went out to the side room and had a good chat and um yeah, that's that's where you you feel appreciated as well. It's a good yeah. feeling for bands when when people do approach you and talk to you. It's um I remember before being in a band, I'd watch watch a show and I'd really want to approach a band afterwards, but I was always nervous and I'm like, you know, they're they're probably busy and, and it's really weird now that I'm in a band. And I'm like, oh, they probably really would have appreciated if I had have gone and talked to them. Um, mm. Yeah, it's it's yeah. And like, you know, there's gonna be the odd band or musician out there that are just like they don't like not being rude, but they just might have had an off night or other things going on where they probably don't particularly want to talk to anyone for very long periods of time. But yeah. It's probably one in a million that would do that, I think. Yeah, you get you get people like that in every industry though. Um I think I think it is important though that that's part of your job. Your job doesn't finish on the stage. You're still networking, you're representing your band, you're representing your logo, you're representing your music, you know, like while ever you're in that venue there's a job to do from the time you walk in to the, to the time you load out in the car and, and drive back to your hotel or back, back to your home. Um, and it doesn't just finish with your set. Um, you step off the stage, you're still representing your band. Um, and it's, it's being nice to people that has gotten us a lot of gigs, um, followers, um, people returning to our shows, um, the music can be as, as great as you want, but if you walk off the stage with the mentality that you're too good to talk to people or you don't want to talk to people, um, yeah, it's you might get some people back, but you, you've got a better chance of getting people back and then buying a piece of merch off you if you're, you're friendly and you're nice and um, mm. they feel like they've made a friend um, in a cool band that they've just watched. Yeah, it's. I think that's the mentality to have is to just think, all right, my show's finished or your set's finished, I'm still here, and the mentality is to still be, you know, approachable as a band artist member. And thankfully, well, I've come across one rude person, but that's not an Australian band, and I don't think anyone would approach them ever again after what I've heard. But... um band from Canada's been heavily criticised in the news of late um, by a few other bands from Sydney and, um, yeah, I would never approach them ever again. Yeah. It is but, disheartening when you have those um, have those situations unfold, I guess. Mm. Um, yeah, it's definitely disheartening um, and... But you know, not everyone's like that. That's as you said, it's it's one in very few. Um, mm. 
I think my issue is sometimes getting away from bands if I'm needing to go home is my issue because I've been stuck with a couple of bands for half an hour. It's just like, shit, I've actually got to get home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And believe yeah. me, that's not a negative to any of these bands because I love them, but it's just like I was just thinking maybe a five-minute, here you go, great set, I'll leave you alone, not half an hour, but it's... Yeah, I think um, maybe sometimes these bands, well, and some of them are really up-and-coming bands. They're not, like, big names. They're not like a Parkway or a Thornhill or Ocean Sleep or any of them, but I think they're just trying to get as much exposure that they can get talking to one person. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, I'd probably be guilty of it. I'm, I'm great for a chat after a show. Um but a lot of these bands as well, it's not just about the networking. Like, they're playing in a new place. It's very exciting for them. Um, they're excited to be there. They're excited to get off the stage, and they're, they're really excited to meet new people, um, which seems to be the story with a lot of the bands that we play with. Um, we're pretty um, easy to to work with, I guess, but if, if we come across a band and we, we think they're – a bit rude to the people coming to the shows or they're difficult to work with. Um, we kind of call it on that and we, we don't work with them again. And yeah. we, we purely just work with bands that want to be there and they're, they're in, in it for the same reason we are. Um, yeah. No, that's very valid. And, um, you know, a group of, uh, yeah, a connection or a um, group of bands that, you know, like to, you know, tour with other bands, like a friendship group sort of thing. That's not what I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of the word, uh, yeah. community. That's yeah, the yeah, word yeah, I'm trying to think of. Yeah, it definitely is. And you do form a, like, we've got a lot of bands that we have really close bonds with, Um just from playing shows like um, just off the top of my head, Till You're Dead from Brisbane's one of them. Um, yeah. They're a lot heavier than us, um, but we've played a few shows with them. We played our first show at the beginning of the year with them. Mm. And every time we play with them, like it, it's more like we're a bit of a brotherhood, you know, like um, we love seeing each other. We get excited to be put on the same lineup and it's not just them. There's a lot of bands out there that we feel the exact same way. Um, and it is, it's about just building a community and um, and everyone's in it for the same reason. So you might as well um, be in it together, I guess. Definitely. And I have checked out Till You're Dead. I reckon you might have sent me through a few bands, Will, to check out. And I reckon Till You're Dead were one, even though I had heard of them before it, but... Yeah, I, I remember sending you through Till You're Dead. Um, yeah, they're just nice as folks. And their music is absolutely awesome. And their live show is one of the best in this area. Um, I've, I've only got nice things to say about those boys and their music, their show, um, their personalities. Um, yeah. yeah, really nice guys. Yeah. What is it with Brisbane at the moment and Queensland? Queensland, New South Wales and Victoria seem to be 
pumped out the biggest bands right at the moment, but that can be said for everywhere around yeah. Australia at the moment. But there's something in the waters in Brisbane at the moment, and it's a good thing. So, yeah, yeah. Look, there's a lot of great talent coming out of Brisbane. That's why we we play Brisbane as much as we possibly can. The music scene there is. I haven't seen anything like it as well. You can go to a venue in Brisbane and no one knows who you are, but every single person in that room wants to be there and just loves live That's it. music. Um, yeah, we've had a lot of success stories in Brisbane. And, yeah, it is a bit of a mission to get up there and play a show and come home, but it's 100%, 100% worth it. Um, but in saying that, we've, we've played Canberra. We're, we're still yet to play... Um, Melbourne and Sydney, which I think we're looking at doing next year. Yeah. Yep. We're looking at doing a bit of a tour, doing Brisbane, um, Sydney, Wollongong, Canberra, Melbourne. I think it is. I'm not 100% sure on that. We haven't locked it in. Mm. But um, I've heard very similar stories about the music scene down in Melbourne and Sydney. So I'm, I'm keen to get down there and get amongst it. There's some pretty good venues in Melbourne and, well, take your pick who to um, play with in Melbourne at the yeah. moment. Yeah. <laughs> any number of bands. I'd love to see you with any number of bands. I think someone like it, and it's probably a big call to get on a set with them, but someone like Bellhaven or maybe um, Ironstone or, Earth caller, one of those three, I reckon you'd be mm. really well suited to. But nice. I mean, especially Bellhaven and Earth caller, how big they've become. I think if you got on a um, lineup with one of those two at the moment, it'd be like your exposure would just go through the roof because they've had big twenty-four months or so. Both those bands. Yeah, it is exciting. We played with um, one really big band before called Stepson. Um, oh yeah, we we know the, a few of those boys pretty well because they grew up locally. Um, and Jaden Ridley in particular, he used to organise and run a lot of the local shows. Um, from a young teen teenager into his early twenties, but we played a rural show with them in casino, and that was crazy. We played in front of hundreds of people, and mm. it was probably the highlight experience um yeah that we've we have ever um experienced um playing in front of that many people the crowd interaction was absolutely incredible um going and talking with everyone we sold out of merch which was nuts um yeah it was yeah to get on those bigger lineups that's kind of our um that's our goal. Um, not so much headlining big shows, but supporting bigger bands. Yeah. Um, it's it's so much fun. And you learn a lot in those shows because um, you're playing with bands that have experience with touring, touring not just Australia, but, you know, Europe, the world. Um, and a lot of the time they're very happy to share their experiences and, and to teach you teach you about the things they have experienced the, the mistakes they've made the um, goals they've achieved so you know you can put that towards your own band um, yeah so mm. no I stepped somewhere in Melbourne only a couple of weeks ago uh, they played with was it Ocean Sleeper and Haraway yeah. I think yeah. at yeah. Stay Gold 
That's right. Yeah, I called up um the guitarist for Stepson, um, Nick Farr. He is the producer of our music. So Chemical Station, that whole EP was recorded by the guitarist of Stepson, um, who lives in Lismore. So oh, okay. yeah, we have a pretty good bond with those boys and yeah, they're just absolutely kicking goals and it's good to see. Um yeah. especially coming from such a rural area, it's um very inspiring because yeah. it makes you think, yeah, well we we could do that as well. Um, you know, they have put a lot of hard work in and a lot of years of dedication. That's um but yeah, if if a if you know, it goes to show that just because you come from a small town doesn't mean you can't put yourself out there and achieve your goals. That's it. And, of course, for those that haven't listened to uh, Total Buzzkill, uh, Nicholas also does feature on um, on Unlovable as well, if you haven't checked it out. Yeah, yeah he does. Yeah. What about that? Yep, he's, yeah. Yeah. Um, Got him in to do some guest vocals. I mean, we might as well. He was um, recording it. We were sitting at his house recording the EP so much. So it was a, a pretty pretty easy decision to make, and, a, and it was a good one. Uh, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed them before I saw them, but now I'm an even bigger fan of Stepson than I was before. So they... Yeah, I think um, because I'd missed them like that many times when they've been in Melbourne. They were at Unify a few years ago. Yeah. Um, I, was, I think I was volunteering at the time Stepson was playing. It was sort of like one of those bands where I was volunteering when they were playing. So many have missed during that case. But um, no, I was glad I got to see them. And Harrow Way are always good live and Ocean Sleeper. Maybe one of the biggest up and coming metal bands in Victoria, mm-hmm. if not the biggest. Yeah. yeah, all good bands. And also, like that's interesting about the rural thing with um, Stepson because Ocean Sleeper are originally from Sale, and I know Sale's obviously more of a city town in mm. Gippsland, but still, like an hour and a half from Melbourne. Well, no, it's more than that. It's about three hours from Melbourne. A little metal band becomes, yeah, one of the biggest bands right at the moment. And as you said, it can show that not all the big name bands have to come from the big cities. They can be from rural towns, regional towns. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a work ethic as well with the Mm. bands from smaller towns because – it's not as easy as driving down the road and playing a show. Like you got to pack all your gear up, you know, there's six hours of driving involved, you know, going both ways, late nights, um, getting home early in the morning, getting up. Um, you don't make a lot of money doing what we do. So you've got to work as much as you possibly can. So it means being tired at work, you know, missing out on, um, you know, stuff with your family, but, it's the work ethic, I think, when things do open up and you slowly do get bigger, um, it does, I think it would be a lot easier to accept that workload because you've already put your heart and soul into it and you've 
you know, every gig's a lot of work. It's not like where we're from, there's not really many venues at all. Um, so, yeah, in order to play shows and meet people, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a grind. It's worth it, though. Mm. Well, we've covered 35 minutes of chatting and I haven't even asked a question yet. That's got to be a record, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> we love a chat, mate. Hey, nothing wrong with that. I mean, <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, yes, it's meant to be an interview, but I feel like you're answering questions almost within questions already. Yeah. So it's sort of like, what do I actually ask now? <laughs> no, that's all right. We're um, we got some new music on the way as well, which is good. Um. Because as you said, yeah, Chemical Station about three months ago. And a lot of the tracks on there were old tracks. Like they were things that we had since we started, but just hadn't had the chance really to record and put out yet. Um, so we've all come such a long way in terms of playing abilities and writing and things like that. So I feel like what is going to come out will kind of be a massive shock to people because it is such a step up from kind of where, what we've had in the past um more based on like the songs that chemical station ep they're all really good songs it's more the the technical side and the structural side and songwriting capabilities as well um yeah we're just we're super pumped to get some new stuff out and get that going so um yeah i think we're we're aiming for a single to have a new single record and have a new single out within the next, before the end of the year. Uh, and then we've got an EP uh, for a mate's feature film, which will have three songs on there. So heaps on the way. Wow. Well, watch this space, everyone, for later by <laughs> the end of the year. Um, more total buzzkill. So if you've loved what you heard now, you haven't heard anything yet, as they say. No, no, we got some good stuff coming, so it'll 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 be good. We're very excited. Uh, we've already recorded one, pretty much one of the EPs, which is a feature EP for a mate's uh, film that he's doing. Um, Jaden from Duck Pond Productions. He's just done his first full length film. Uh, he usually does short films. Um, and he's very good at what he does, but he did that. And he reached out to us to write him some songs for the film to help promote it and advertise. So we did that. We shot a film clip, which was Devil at My Door. That was one of the songs for that, which is on our YouTube. Um, but the whole EP, which will be three songs for that film, will come out uh, in the year slash started next year. So um and they're they're great songs so definitely keep an eye out for those mm. yes and to support the local bands as well as the international bands there's a lot of good international music at the moment but down under stuff is what we oh, like to that. hear yeah totally <laughs> <laughs> oh and new zealanders actually there's yeah. a lot of good music coming out of new zealand at the so we probably should include them as well. So. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. For me, one of the best albums of last year was from a New Zealand band by the name of Crooked Royals, Quarter Life Daydream. I love that album. Nice. Okay, cool. 
and I think I played it to death. And oh, um, no. yeah, <laughs> well bit like a bit like the title track off your EP. I think I play that a bit too much. <laughs> nice. Well, we appreciate the support. <laughs> yeah, we love that. <laughs> Which, funnily enough, in um, retrospect to part two of the music part, you will hear the title track on today's podcast as well. So you'll hear Will and Harley chatting on the podcast, and then part two you'll hear the title track. So double whammy, as they say. Yes. (laughs) All right. So how the interviews generally roll is I and. I ask you guys a whole heap of questions, but given that we've already covered a lot of probably badly, maybe four or five questions. Yeah. And then at the end of the interview, so give you a bit of time to prepare, both Will and Harley have the chance to turn the tables on the interviewer and ask me the hard-hitting questions. (laughs) Okay, cool. I love that. (laughs) It's And I've started to bring it in at the start before the interview starts. So it gives bands maybe half an hour to think of something. Because if you put them on the spot at the end after you've asked them all the questions, it's sort of like, yeah, that's a bit unfair, probably. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, the first question, um, and probably one that's been asked a billion times, is how did Total Buzzkill form? Ooh. Yeah. So me and my little brother, uh, Lindsay, who's in the band, um, I've got two brothers in the band, Jacob and Lindsay. Um, we, so me and Lindsay were just pretty well just jamming. Um, it'd been a few years since we'd played music and growing up, that was one of our favorite things to do was play music together, play guitar together. Um, but Lindsay was pretty keen to get back into playing guitar. So I, I pulled out the old drum kit and got it set up. And we were just jamming, jamming some covers. And then Lindsay kind of just looked up at me one day and said, hey, mate, we should start a band. And I'm like, yeah, right, I will, we'll start a band. And he's like, no, we, we should seriously start a band. And an original band, we should write our own material. Um, and I was like, yep, righto, let's do it. And... From there, it was just a grind, finding members. Um, like, we were living in Kyogle at the time, which is where I live, um, not far from Lismore, but it's it's a tiny town, um, one main street. So finding members for a, a bit more of a metal-sounding band was pretty tricky. But um, we reached out, um, found a few people to come in. Um, we've gone through a few bass players since then um, and a couple of guitarists. But, yeah, the biggest grind was trying to find a singer. And um, Harley is the – he's married to one of my friends from high school um, and his wife shared some footage on Facebook of Harley singing. And I hadn't actually met Harley but I knew who he was um, because he worked at local Bottolo and I'd worked a few shops up from that in a butcher shop. Um, and I pretty much just started knocking off work every afternoon and going into the bottle shop just to buy a six pack to try and convince <laughs> him to come around for a, for a jam. So after a few months of houndering him, he finally came around and um, that's kind of when the band Form so it was great. From that on, 
I ended up with a vocalist and an alcohol problem. (laughs) (laughs) One's an important thing to have. The other's a bit of an issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to sort that one out pretty quick. (laughs) But I got the vocalist. That was worth it. Yeah. I don't think you're the other person in Australia with the drinking problem, Will. I think there's <laughs> probably 80% of the population right at the moment, probably. But... Well, I couldn't, because I didn't know him, I couldn't just go in there and bail him up. I had to buy something, right? And, yeah. you know, things are expensive. You don't buy stuff and waste them. So, yeah, that's <laughs> it's a pretty funny story. I like telling that to people. Um but yeah, it was, it was a bit of a hard time. You were pretty busy. You only just moved into the area, Harley. So um, yeah, just had a kid. Um, recently bought a house. Just married. So he was pretty settled, and he's like, "Oh, you know." Um, but I just kept hounding him, and then I remember one day he just popped into the butcher shop that I was working at on a Saturday, and he goes, "All right, I'm gonna come over for a jam," and I was like, "Yep, we got him." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, got got you hooked on all the good meats from the butcher shops. But <laughs> yeah, and since then, like um we've been able to bring my older brother into the band, which is the best feeling for me. Um yeah. Got both my brothers with me, which is um was our childhood dream. So yeah, that's um that's pretty well how we formed and, and yeah. why we formed. Um yeah, and we're still here doing it. Mm. And I think um, it's great to, and there's a lot of bands out there right at the moment that have like a connection with family or spouses, like it's a husband and wife or brothers or brother and sister. So I think um, getting to work with your two brothers in a band to make music and perform on stage would be, one a very good dream to have, and it's obviously coming true for Total Buzzkill. Yeah, like it does. It definitely adds another element to it. It makes it a lot more special. Um, yeah, and it's good. Like our family is proud of us, and um, yeah, it's it's just a really cool experience to have, and it's good because you we got Lindsay, who's the younger one. He's a little riffraff. Um, and I can get pretty cheeky, but um, um, but then you've got Jake, who's the older brother, and he's a dad, and um, he's a sensible one, you know. He, he keeps keeps us two younger ones grounded. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's probably thinking these two young bucks trying to upstage me, are they? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's. We call him the. He's more like the dad. Hey, he doesn't yeah. get mad. He gets disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, but I think that's that's got to be the funniest story I've ever heard for how a band formed. That, <laughs> that's gold. <laughs> Not the part that um, Will has an alcohol problem. Well, but I don't the thing anymore. That, I'm good now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but pestering Harley <laughs> the bottle oh, yeah. line, just like... <laughs> yeah. had, to, had to go into the bottle shop every day, mate, try and convince him. <laughs> well it obviously worked eventually so. it, was, it was one of those things I like as soon as I saw the video of him singing like I, I hadn't met him um but literally um saw a saw some footage of him singing and I remember turning to Lindsay and I'm like that's a dude um 
because we wanted to do something metal, but the music that Harley was singing, his singing voice was really gentle and, um, you know, it was quite, he's got a really nice clean singing voice. And I thought that was something that I personally wanted to separate us from a lot of other metal bands. So we could have the screams, but then we have the nice singing harmonies as well. Um, so I was pretty stoked when um, he finally came around and, and had a jam. Because mm. it's interesting because on the Spotify page, uh, Sam actually does do his homework, which is hard to believe. <laughs> on the um, bio thing, it says, for fans of Don Brocco, Bring Me to Horizon, Rage Against Machine, Fever 333. And I can see influences with all four of those bands. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um it was more try, just trying to make a really marketable sound. Um, our first EP, um, we had a few heavier songs, you know, where there was a lot of screams, um, but still some singing harmonies. But we released a track called... Jeez, uh, I've forgotten what it's called. Which one? Um, on our first EP. Um, Sexy and... Oh, yeah. Um... Dance with the Devil. Yeah, which yeah. is a very rock song. Because uh, I think that was kind of the goal at the start, was to create a genre, kind of come up with a bit of a different genre to stand out a bit. So adding that heavy element, but with like a rock element. Um, and it's worked really well for us um, thus far with writing and kind of coming up with a bit of our own sound. But um yeah, it, it's good because we can kind of dabble into two genres that we love, which is rock and also heavy music. So yeah. we can bring out an EP that's just heavy and then we could bring out an EP that's rock and it wouldn't be weird because people know that's the two kind of things that we do. Yeah. Um, so it's it's nice to just be able to mess around with two different genres. It, it also opens up like who we can play with and who we mm. can support. Yeah, um, we can get put on bills with metalcore to hardcore bands, and then we could get put on grunge tours with um, rock and grunge bands. So it, yeah. it, we we get the best of both worlds doing it that way. Yeah, and I think like it's all right for some bands to sort of stick to the one genre that they class themselves as, but as you've said, if you can have two or three different genres, it's sort of expands who you can tour with or who you can collaborate with Definitely. support do all that yeah. Definitely. yeah yeah 100 because like uh, there's some bands out there and i won't name them because um well just because they are 10 times bigger than i'll ever be but there's some bands out there that start off as metal and then sort of go to that dad metal slash new metal and it's sort of like um it, it sort of gets a bit confusing because you know a lot of these old school fans of these bands would think oh here's another metalcore album or a you know sl- fresh metal album but yeah. yeah it's i think with the total buzzkill i think it's yeah just you guys keep it simple. You've got those two or three genres of music. 
it opens the doors for a whole heap of things to happen in yeah, the future. Yeah. We love the good Rocky verses with a bit of a metalcore chorus, I guess. Um, singing verses and then the chorus opens up and Harley starts screaming and the guitars, guitar distortion comes on and, um, the, you know, the drums open up a bit and people start jumping around and then back to the verse and people soothe into it. Um, yeah, it's, it's good. We are going to probably our next project will be a little bit heavier. Um, but yeah, that's, nah, we're, we're loving it. And yeah, if you like your own music, that's pretty good. Yeah. I think, yeah, if you don't like your own music, I guess so after, you know, sitting in a recording studio and hearing the same songs about after 20, 30 takes, you're just sort of like, oh, oh yeah, we, de again. we definitely feel very differently um, towards hearing our tracks once they've been released. Yeah. You have to take a few months off listening to them and then come back to them um, because you you played in the car on the way to the studio you, before you do a movie shoot, you a, a music video, you, you're playing it in the car, you, you spend all this time learning it, listening to it. By the time it's released, you're like, oh, yeah, righto. Um, you're pretty keen to listen to something else. Yeah. It's like listening to radio stations. I just... I used to be able to do it, but now it's just like, why would I listen to a radio station when I got Spotify or Apple Music or Google Music, whatever I choose to use at the, you know, at my hands that has ten thousand songs a day put up? It's yeah. much easier to just find it on Spotify, despite what people, some people think of Spotify. It is good yeah. for. Getting your band exposed, obviously. That's it. Yeah. yeah All right. How did you come up with the band name Total Buzzkill? Oh, I think we, it was just that most, I think all bands go through it. You just, everyone puts in names and lists of names. We had like hundreds of names and just couldn't really figure out, you know, and I feel like once it, you have one, everyone kind of knows and everyone's just like, that's it. The name came from, I think it's my wife. She was just, uh, I remember I was just kind of keeping an ear out for common phrases. So things that might just generate as like familiar, familiarity to people when they hear it. So it's different, but it's actually something that's used, that's said quite often. Um, and yeah, she, I think she said something. She was like, oh, that was a total buzzkill. And then I was like, oh, that, that's a cool name. So I just put it in a big list of these names, sent it in the chat. And that really stood out to me. And I was like, fuck yeah. And then all the boys were like, oh, I like that. I like that. And it was just, that was it. When you told me that, I could just imagine like a, a dark rainy day. And then your wife says, that's a total buzzkill and like all the clouds just cleared up. This rare sunshine came down on you. You <laughs> look up, you're like, yeah, it is. Oh my God. <laughs> Everything just becomes so clear. <laughs> all those people at the party or the um, gig that are just, yeah, total buzzkills. They want to spoil the party or a party pooper. It's just like. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that's how we came up with the name. 
Now, funny story about uh, Total Buzzkill and how I came across them because um, a lot of I get asked this billions of times when I send bands messages. They're like, "Oh, how did you come across us?" If you don't mind us asking. The funny story of Total Buzzkill was I was typing in Chemical Heart by Grinspoon into the oh, Spotify God. search engine. And, you know, when the Spotify search engine comes up with, like, songs that have chemical in them or a band with chemical in yeah. the title, about five searches down, there's an EP there, Chemical Station by Total Buzzkill. Nice. I'm just like, all right, I like the sound of the name. It sounds really rocky, sort of metalcore, so let's check it out. So I checked out the EP. The rest is history. Nice. That's so cool. That adds so much more value knowing that it was typing in Grinspoon because they're one of our most all-time favourite bands, especially them being from Lismore as well. Um, we've seen them live like we – we actually covered a Grinspoon song as well. So, oh, yeah. yeah, it's just saying that you were typing in Chemical Heart by Grinspoon. That just makes it so much cooler. Yeah. And I'm not disrespecting Grinspoon. I love Grinspoon. But when I saw Chemical Station, I'm like, they're both from Lismore. So I'm supporting people from Lismore either way. That's it. <laughs> Grinspoon... I'm not being harsh, but they probably don't need my attention as much as other bands do. So no. I went to yeah, Total Buzzkill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they've got they've got millions of views. We we, yeah. we really could use the extra view. Hey, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm I'm a massive Grinspoon fan. Anything off the first four albums in particular, especially up till New Detention, that. That's classic Grinspoon. Yeah, 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 yeah. We we absolutely love them. I I would struggle to name a favorite Grinspoon song because I just love nearly all of their songs. Um, such a great band to see live as well. Man, they can put on a show. I must be the, one of the only people in Australia who has not seen Grinspoon. Uh, I saw him. I saw him a few years ago, and I was just. The way that their vocalist Phil can captivate an audience is just crazy. He can get everyone in that room involved in some way. Yeah, um, yeah just absolutely awesome. And the stories that we hear of our, our mates' parents, they got to watch them when they were teenagers because, you know, they all lived around Lismore and and the shows they used to put on is we, we – the shows they put on now, we're not even seeing a quarter of of the shows they used to do when when they were teenagers. You know, they're a lot younger, a lot looser. Um, yeah, sometimes I think we we're kind of born in the in in the wrong era. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, absolute fantastic band. My favorite Grinspoon song changes from day to day. Like one day it's DC times three, next day it's post-inebriated, then it's, you know, rock show. It just, it never stays on one song. It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're one of those bands, Um, yeah, you don't realise as well until you put on, say, like you put on the best of Grinspoon and listen to, like, a mixed playlist where you're like, wow, they had so many absolute bangers. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that 
yeah, pinnacle of Australian music. I love them. That's it. I feel like the song that doesn't get the attention that it probably should, and it's off God to better living, no, no surprise. I feel it's champion. I just, oh. compared to like Just Ace, Black Friday, Chemical Heart, it doesn't get the recognition it deserves. I love champion. It's like, uh, even just his vocals in it, like, um, yeah, no, that that is a great song. That's one of my my top favorites as well. Uh, I could listen to God to uh, maybe not on repeat for a week, but I'd certainly be able to do it probably for two days on repeat. Yeah, yeah. After that, it might get a bit repetitive, but um, yeah. Oh, but um, nah, Grinspoon definitely a pinnacle of Aussie rock for thirty years and. Started on Triple J Unearthed, yeah, like so many yeah. other great bands. Yeah, no, they're 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 absolute um gods around here where we're from. Um, it's pretty cool when we play little venues around here, and we're like, yeah, Greenspoon played here when they were starting off too. You know, like that's a that's a cool feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, well, we've been speaking about the EP and the song, obviously, and it's your latest release. So what has the overall response been like for Chemical Station? It's been good. It's been really good. Um, when we release that, like, we, <clears throat> we're still building our platform quite a bit, and we still are. Like, we've got a good amount of followers and a good kind of local foundation. And uh, But I'm just noticing, especially from playing a lot of shows, um, so many more people listening and following. Like, I've noticed how Spotify listeners are just going up now. Um, where we're aiming to put out a new single within the next two months, um, to kind of boost those numbers back up a bit, um, which would be good. But no, the the response from it has been really good for um, a band from where we're kind of at in terms of growing and things like that. So I feel like that EP was definitely kind of a, a great push for us uh, in the right direction uh, and having just good content recorded well um, and just a lot of love went into that. So it's been really good, good, good response. The biggest thing I noticed with Chemical Station as well um we grow all of our views organically so we don't um we don't pay to get put on playlists and things like that we we like to see what our music can do when we just sit it there um obviously we advertise and promote and play shows um to, to put it in front of people as well but i noticed that you know it used to take us you know, two or three months to get a track up to about a thousand views and Chemical Station was the quickest growing track when we released that as a single before the EP. Mm. It um grew to you know a few thousand views within a week and a half, two weeks. Yeah. Um Ooh. and I hadn't seen that with our Spotify before. Yeah. So that's been the best response as a single and as an EP than um, everything we've released prior. Yeah. 
yeah. That's, and every view is worth weight in gold. I mean, or stream, should I say. It's one stream that a lot of people don't realise, you know, what one stream does for a band or one share, the one tagged message, you know, it does wonders for bands. It's someone's taken their time. They could be doing anything on this certain day, but they've taken, let's say, three and a half, four minutes of their time to listen to a song from whether it's Total Buzzkill or any band out there. It's pretty special when you think about it. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. No, it is. Um, and we're getting tagged a lot on our um, Instagram and Facebook of um, people all over Australia, you know, like driving in their cars, listening to a track and one yeah. of our tracks and just being like, finishing the afternoon with total buzzkill and you're like, I don't know that person. I've never seen them at a show and they, you know, they're down in Melbourne or something and you're like, well, wow, that's, that's cool. Um, so yeah, no, nah, it's good. It's good to watch and it's a good feeling because a lot of work goes into it all. Um, and it means the world whenever, you know, someone tags us or shares or reaches out, sends us a message, you know, like that's, it's always really cool and it's a good booster for us. Um, it just reinforces that, you know, when, when we're doing the right things. Mm. And um, I think the other thing is that, um, you know, you don't like when someone sends you a message, the person that sends you the message doesn't know whether you're having a good day, a bad day. Cause some of the times those messages bring these bands up like they could have been having a really rough day and a message from a fan saying they love their music could have just lifted them up. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, you know, that that stuff really 100% does, it means the world to us and, and other bands. Um, yeah, it's it's good. It's, it's a humbling feeling. Mm. And uh, there's been cases where I've sent messages to bands and they've responded within like five seconds. I'm thinking, are they just sitting on their socials? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we um, we usually um typically reply within a day. It depends what time you message us, I guess. Um, and and people message us, but yeah, usually by the time everyone's finished work, you know, we check our phones and um. It's something that we do have to do frequently, though, because as well as you're not just looking out for messages about that, there's also bands reaching out for shows. Um, you, you have to keep your eye on that message bank and, um, you know, you've you've got to reply and you've got to do all that stuff. Um, yeah, I think uh, the, the coolest message I actually received was probably from you, Sam. Oh, oh wow. That's... Um, when you, I think you messaged me one time and um, it might have been on the band page. It might have been on my personal account. I'm not sure. But, yeah, just talking about um, how much you love the band and um, how much you love the music and then you name the tracks that you like the most. And I was like, wow, this, this fella's actually checked us out. And, um, you know, he's giving me feedback on not just one track but a few tracks. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, that was probably one of the, the coolest messages I ever opened, to be honest. Because, again, I at first, like a lot of people probably wouldn't know this, 
I actually at first was shit scared to even message anyone in a band and say how much I love their music because, like, obviously nine times out of ten, the band's going to be appreciative and respond back. But sometimes it's that hesitancy to actually send a message because you don't actually know the person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's understandable. Yeah, no, for sure. You're putting yourself out there, which can be mm-hmm. scary sometimes, definitely. But, yeah, like, you, you will get the occasional person that just, that it's all about them. But non, 99% of people in the music scene, if they get a message from someone who's played their music, I mean, they will answer. And as I said, I've never had anyone who's actually not answered back. Yeah. Yeah. And well, you, you've got to, um, you know, especially when people are saying things that are so nice, like you, people are got to know that what they're saying is appreciated and how much it means to the artists, you know, um, because you do, you appreciate the support so much. It means so much to, to bands. Um, that yeah, when when somebody sends you a bit of a review or you know just just a message saying you know that that they love supporting you, it's you know it does mean so much that yeah you sh- you should be able to message that person back and and tell them how much their support means to you as well. Mm. Um, you're supporting each other, I guess. Yeah. Well, you've actually answered the next question already, Will, because <laughs> funnily enough, that was the next question about the best feedback you've received. Mate, you got, you got the gold medal for that one. <laughs> well, now that Will's already answered it, how about yourself, Harley? Any reviews or feedback you've received that have stood out? Um. Probably not online in person. I think our first show um to us was an absolute shit show it, a lot of things went wrong we we're very nervous you know we knew it was something we wanted to do but we just needed to overcome those first few shows and just build confidence which sadly the only way to do that is by playing shows um but yeah we did the first show and it was terrifying and we like did the best we could a lot of things went wrong Lindsay broke the guitar string Fallback speakers blew up, stopped working. Uh, Lindsay's speaker just wigged out. Uh, it was really what we thought was terrible. Uh, the turnout was just weird and uh, just wasn't anything what we thought it would be. But then we um, uh, kind of walked off and some guy came up to me and he was just like, how long have you been playing? An older guy. And he's like, you've definitely got something. He's like, he's like, I can't believe that was your first show. Keep doing what you're doing. You're actually really good. Um, he's like, I was like, oh, I thought we, you know, did. He's like, no way. You did incredibly well. Um, so that for me was like such a boost in a moment of what I thought was just terrible. Um, and it just goes to show, like, you're always going to be your biggest critic. And uh, I've kind of taken that a lot into shows now. Like whenever we screw up, I just, I, la- I laugh. Like it's like whatever, you know, you just yeah. kind of keep keep playing, keep going and just do the whole show. And, you know, I have a lot more good 
parts than you are bad parts, you know? That's it. Isn't it funny how that happens? You make a mistake in the early days of gigging and it's like the biggest deal in your in the world and yeah. you come off and you beat yourself up. Yeah. Like last night when I was playing, I made made a couple of mistakes and it's it's always funny because the boys always look at you and just laugh, you know? it's <laughs> it, it goes from being such a big deal to... Yeah, like just a laugh. Um, and I think you realize like you're not perfect. Everyone's gonna fuck up. Uh, the show that we played the other weekend, I lost my voice like a week before that. My voice was shot. I was nervous playing that, and what I thought was gonna happen did happen. My voice just kind of like was not where I needed it to be, which sucked. But uh, it's whatever, you know. You just you go on, you get better. You do the next one and the next one and the next one and um i think those shows where you fuck up a lot or have issues are such building moments for you as a band and uh in terms of professionalism to just you know take take the bad and take the good but take it all in a positive way yeah i think that's such a key thing um because yeah you're not we're not no band's perfect everyone's gonna mess up that's... No matter how famous you are or anything, everyone fucks up. But you just yeah. got to keep keep going and just. It's a joys of live music, though. That's yeah. what makes live music what it is. And you never know what, especially new venues. You don't know what the the rooms like, what the sound text like. Like you can practice as much as you want, but when you get there, it's just it could be an absolute disaster on the venues end, or the sound text end, or just equipment or things like we've had. <laughs> issues with that multiple times um, and that's stressful because you're so prepared, feel like you've done everything you could and you get there and, you know, the, the communication wasn't proper or the venue's forgotten something or just, yeah, so. Well, you, you get told you're going to play on a 12 out of 10 house drum kit and it's full into pieces when you get there. Yeah. But essentially, yeah, like um, what Harley was saying, that first gig that we played, I remember that fella. He actually wrote a big post yeah, on it did. on about it on Facebook and tagged it. And it was because it was our first show, we were so hard on ourselves yeah. and so nervous. But somebody walking up and saying something like that turned everything around, you yeah, know? Massively. Um yeah. It's probably why that was your best review. That yeah, you had. it was the first it was the first ever review. And I remember that definitely because that to me was just a epiphany moment of um we're always going to be our biggest critics and we're always going to be it's hard no one's going to be harder on us than ourselves no but also like when it's not expected as well i think like with the one you're talking about with your first show harley i think um when it's not expected that someone's going to come up and say how much they love the set and all that, I think that throws you off sometimes because you're like, shit, someone has taken time to come up to us after the show and say how awesome the set was, even though, in your opinion, it wasn't the best set. So if one person loved it, there might have been 10 other people that loved it as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I can usually tell, like, you can tell when someone generally likes it or they're just being nice. Um, but, yeah, we have pretty much after all of the shows we play, we always have people coming up just, like, over the moon with it. Like, we played a show last night, like, 
whole time we're playing, I was watching like everyone was stopping what they were doing to watch us. The whole bar staff was like getting in line just so they could see us to watch us the whole set. So, I mean, that in itself just goes to show, you know, we're doing something right. Uh, And then you kind of pop off and then you go up and everyone just gives you compliments on the set and the sound and how well we did and, that I just appreciate so much because what they're doing is just help building the band's confidence in ourselves to just keep doing the best we can every single time. We Where we played last night, we played there about three weeks ago. It's called Greaser Bar in Brisbane. Um, and the first time we played, we got off stage and the bar staff were absolutely over the moon with us. And there was this one dude there and he's like, I love the band when he's playing here next. Anyways, three weeks on, we rock up last night and he's behind the bar and he's like, oh, I requested to work because I saw he's on the lineup. Oh, um, <laughs> so he literally asked to work so that he could be there and, and, and serve beers and be able to listen to us play. And I was like, that's cool. And I remember telling my older brother that when we were driving home and he thought that was the coolest thing ever. Nice that's yeah that's that's priceless really like someone asking to work on a saturday night in at a bar live music and because you guys were on i think that's very very special yeah i was pretty stoked with that i was like yeah mate don't worry we'll we'll come back and we'll play we'll play just for you mate (laughs) let us know when you're working next we'll book it in yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they're like, oh no, we'll try and get this other person. I'm like, no, this person's working. <laughs> well, he actually said he's like, after tonight, next time I might try and get the actual night off next time you play so I can get in the pit. Um, so, yeah, no, it was, it was good. Uh, but I think, yeah, those, uh, both um, the feedbacks that Harley and Will I think they're both very keen. And also the one about last night with the person working in the bar saying that they wanted to be put on when you guys were playing at Greaser again. And that's, yeah. So I'm thinking Total Buzzkill is sort of like, you're coming back every three weeks. You're not playing anywhere else. You're coming back to Brisbane. <laughs> I'd, I'd happily play that venue over and over. Yeah, it's it's such a cool little um, space to play. Uh, I'll have to, oh, I really should get into state. I keep saying that I want to get up to Sydney and Adelaide and Brisbane, but keep putting it off. It's, yeah, I think it's time I need to stop making excuses and actually travel. Yeah, and, mate, you should come up one time. We'll all hang out. We'll book a hotel or start them up in Brisbane and go and run them up. Definitely. <laughs> Queensland won't know what it has hit it if I go up there. But... Yeah, that's it. That's what we like to hear. <laughs> uh, I think the, the when that it comes to answering that question, uh, for me, the best review or feedback, I think one stands out for me the most is I just, this person that I've spoken to, through Messenger for a while. It just, it was five simple words, I think it was. It was something like, I appreciate, I appreciate the fuck out of you, bro. No. And it was a musician who was in a band. That was all the message sent. Mm. And, and then I was like, well, how the hell do I respond to something like that? 
Slava reacted. Yeah. <laughs> like he, he just goes, I just said, oh, mate, that means the world to me. And he just said, sent back, just said, if there are more people like you in the world of supporting the local music scene, it, we'd have more exposure for local bands. And I just yeah. like, fuck, mate. I mean, yeah, that's that, that. That I can't even put into words something like that. What that yeah. means? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's good when you hear stuff like that. And you do do a lot. Like we do, all of us little bands, I know we really appreciate you. Like you've thrown our name out there a lot. And um, yeah, like every single one of our band members has added you on your personal account after, you know, you sharing our, our band stuff um, and, and support you. I, I put your podcasts on, you know, when I'm at home doing stuff and, and have a listen and um. You know, you've got the same taste of music, but you're really passionate about supporting bands, mm. music, going to shows. You know, it's really important to you that you get to support bands. And that's, um, you know, you do go above and beyond, um, which is amazing, you know. Um, so that's, yeah, yeah. You got to give yourself a pat on the back over that one. Mm. Even if the attachment doesn't let me attach the episode to fucking Facebook like the last two episodes, but that's another point. We'll just leave that. Everyone's like, oh, we've been able to find it. I'm like, how have you been able to find it on my newsfeed when on my end it says the attachment's not available? They're just like, oh, we go to your stories now. I'm like, oh, that would explain why you found my podcast episode. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um I follow you on Spotify, so I I just kind of keep updated like that. Um yep. so yeah. But no, nah, it's um because a lot of people say, Oh, so why did you quit one um career of trying to support local music and move on to something else? Podcasting has the tendency to have reach a bigger audience than radio. As much as I love doing radio, this is much more fun because there's no rule. Well, there are rules, obviously, Mm. but in comparison to community radio, you can talk about anything, play anything, upload the episode whenever you want. Like this is going to be up tonight, obviously, yeah. But, like, if I said to you guys, oh, sorry, I'm a bit behind, it might be uploaded tomorrow morning, there's no issue with that. No. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think the other thing with a podcast is also, like, the interview. Like, I feel like I've been sitting here for 21 seconds, not an hour and 21 minutes, because, mm. like every interview, I hate when they end because you feel like you've missed something you're going to talk about for sure yeah we we do have to wrap it up a bit soon though sam i just got some stuff i have to help the wife out with uh no that's completely fine harley because i've also got to get to work okay (laughs) (laughs) i just thought i'd touch base just because otherwise we could literally sit here and chat all night (laughs) and i don't think doing a podcast interview on my level as a casual worker on a Sunday night is an excuse to have the night off. I don't know. No, for sure, for sure. I'd, I'd still have a crack at it, eh? 
Yeah. Oh, no, I think, yeah. Oh, depends how many we've booked in, but apparently there must be more than nine people booked in because Where, where I do thought you work? I would have Do you been have your hospitality? cancelled. Yeah, I work at the country, a uh, golf country club in Warrigal in the bistro, so Nice. Yeah, yeah, keeps busy. me on my toes. Hospitality Yeah. is very busy. Well, we did nearly 300 for Mother, uh, sorry, not Mother's Day, Father's Day, wrong Nice. day. Um, and we did 180 last night as well. So it's been busy the last couple of weekends, which is good. Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, that's flat out. I did hospitality for a fair bit when I was a teenager and Yeah, it's it's a very busy job. Um, Definitely. hard workers, you need need to be able to work hard to work in hospitality. Yeah, and it's sometimes a thankless job, hospitality, Yeah. because especially if you're a chef, like a lot of, you know, a chef could make the perfect meal for the customer and even if it was done 100% correct, there's still customers out there that think they can rat out and say, oh, this was... too um cold or it was not um medium rare or and just drag them down which is Yeah. not what you want to see No. Yeah. well given that um we better wrap this up soon maybe it's time i've asked the questions to harley and will now let's turn the tables around and i'm hit with the hard-hitting questions so if harley or will have Anything they want to ask me, Tom's now. I um I like to ask questions outside of work and stuff to to find out what someone's like on a bit more of a personal basis. Like um, oh, what's one of my favorite ones? What's your favorite ice cream? Oh, that's a newbie too. I like that. Favorite ice cream. I reckon it's got to be chalk mint or vanilla. Vanilla, yeah, yeah, chalk Good choice. mint. Yeah, I love a good chalk mint. I can't go past the old maxi bonds at the servo way. Oh, yeah. I, I was addicted to maxi bonds like a couple of years ago and I thought, shit, no wonder I'm putting on so much weight. I probably would attest to it, but. All right, I got another question for you. What's your favorite, uh, I guess you could say, childhood band? Oh, these uh, what? This is the fourth interview in a row. I've been asked two questions I've never been asked, which is, and I like that, Harley. I like Will's Yeah. as well. I think it's definitely outside the box. My favorite childhood band. So, for those that know, I was a nineteen eighty six baby. So, do the maths. I'm thirty seven, obviously. I think it has to be. Soundgarden, just because Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, good choice. that's a great choice. That's a great choice. for the reason that um, my brother was a diehard grunge fan, so every day he wakes up, he'd play, you know, Nevermind or Super Unknown 10 Dirt. But I feel like when Super Unknown came out, I was, what, eight, and... I just remember hearing Spoon Man. Now, a lot of people would say, oh, why didn't you go to Black Hole Sun? But I heard Spoon Man on Rage one night and I heard Chris Cornell's voice. Oh, yeah, that'll do it.
<laughs> I was just like, holy shit. This, is good. this voice is amazing. <laughs> the, the dude was a god. Yeah, it was very good. Me and my wife often have a, um argument about who's better out of Chris Cornell and... Slain down. Uh, <laughs> the singer for um, oh jeez, uh, the ones that do that sings my bones, my bones. What bands are? Oh, fuck, I don't know. I know, I know the song. Yeah, yeah. What was it? Sorry, the you know song? song. My bones and um, Rusty Cage. That is Soundgarden. Oh, is it, it is. Oh. Me and my missus often get into an argument about um, Soundgarden and another band um, about who's a better vocalist and I always take Chris Cornell. Yeah. I, I think, it, and it's so sad that obviously Chris Cornell is no longer with us, which read into whatever you want of how he died. But I think because um, Chester Bennington was only two months after that and Chester and Chris were two of a kind, really. Like, you couldn't find two better vocalists in their prime. No, that's it. And, like, Chester was only 42. Like, that's just way too young. Older compared to, like, Jim Morrison and Kurt Cobain and Bon Scott and that. But still, 42's only a few years older than what I am now. So yeah. yeah, I still get real sad about um Chester. Oh, I'm a massive Lincoln Park fan. Mm. Um so oh Alice in Chains. That was a band I was trying to think of. Oh, because yeah, them bones. Yeah, them dirt. bones. Yeah. 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 That's a tough one, I reckon, Will. Who's better out of Lane Staley and Chris Lane Cornell? Staley, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because somebody asked me one day, and and I I took Chris Cornell, and my wife was just like, no, no freaking way. And oh. it's always a heated topic in our house that we're both very passionate about. <laughs> <laughs> who would you think? Who do you think? Um, whose back would you have if they were in the boxing ring? Well, yeah, probably Chris. Yeah, it's hard to go past that really, like yeah, yeah. And that's no offense to Lane Staley; he was an amazing musician. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I think it's just for me; it might not come down to the singing. It's whose music I kind of um relate with a bit more, I guess. Um, and I like Alice in Chains, but I love Soundgarden. It's still, how is it not the best? Or it has to be the top five best albums of the 90s. Um, bad Motor Finger. Like, it's it, when you have Jesus Christ Pose and Rusty Cage as the two singles, that's hard to beat. Like, and then Outshined and Bulldozers and oh, what's that track called? Something in bulldozers. I can't remember what it's called because I don't have Spotify in front of me. Yeah. Oh, what's it called? Oh, I've gone blank. But yeah, outshine Jesus Christ pose and Rusty Cage is your three standout singles. I think it's hard to go past. Yeah, yeah. definitely one hundred percent. Yeah, enough. What's um? What's been the best gig? 
that you've been to since the beginning of 2023? Most favourite? Great question. Shit, that's not much easier than the childhood band question. I reckon... I'm going to say a gig, but it's technically a festival. And that's, I reckon, not fest is the best one I've been oh, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't get to go this year. Um, one of our band members went, um, and lots of my mates went, and they were sending me videos, and I was telling them, telling them I was really happy for them, but really I was just dying of jealousy. Mm. <laughs> Massive Slipknot fan. That whole lineup was just incredible. The Aussie contingent as well on that lineup, Parkway, North Lane, Void, and Alpha Wolf. Like, yeah. Yeah. that alone, then you throw in Spirit Box, Trivium, Megadeth, Slipknot. That alone. It was a lot, yeah. Mm. I've still been like, uh, I, I love Knocked Loose, don't get me wrong, but I was just thinking when you look at all the bands on that lineup, that was sort of the one that sort of didn't fit in with the lineup, I thought, but that's just my opinion, obviously. Yeah, yeah. No, I looked at that lineup and I was like, I just want to be there. Um, But apparently they're coming back and doing it more frequently now, so hopefully we get a not fest for 2024. Yes, which isn't actually that far away, 2024, because what are we in? Uh, September now? Yeah. I only got a few months well, to go. Well, I'm hoping um, Unify and Notfest are nowhere near each other so my bank account doesn't go down to zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem with it. To go to those things, it's very expensive. But the quality of the bands you're seeing, yeah. yeah. You're better well, off going to a festival than going and seeing each of those bands individually when they tour. Because that brings up an interesting conversation to end the podcast on because this is the next big festival before the end of the year in Good Things. I'm still on the fence with Good Things. As much as I love the lineup, it's a lot of bands that I've already seen multiple times. Mm. And yeah, look, I, yeah, we're all going. Because, look, I love Limp Biscuit, love Fallout Boy, love Pennywise and Bullet and Ocean Sleeper and that. I feel like, like, I couldn't see Ocean Sleeper 10 times and never get sick of them. But Fallout Boy is one of those bands that I'm sort of like, I saw them once, I enjoyed them, but they're sort of not a Soundgarden or a Parkway or a Slipknot that you could see multiple times. but. That's just my look on things. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I haven't been to a lot of gigs. Just um before the band, I I used to work a lot. Um and I, I never really got time to do it. So a lot of the big bands I actually haven't seen. Um a lot of the shows I've been to have been local shows. Um with like, you know, maybe once or twice a year, I'll go up to Brisbane and watch a big gig. Um like, you know, Sam Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes, um, Greenspoon, um, bands like that. Um, but so that's why I'm keen to get into festivals because for so long in my life, it was just working six days a week, um, doing housework on Sunday, getting straight back into the work week. 
So going to festivals, I'm I'm going to start doing that more because it gives me opportunity to see a lot more bigger bands, you know, where um I do go to a lot of um small local shows and, and touring Australian bands and stuff like that. Um so yeah. I'm definitely keen. I think the whole boys, like all the boys from Buzzkill are all going to good things together. Mm. So we might uh, hit them up to play a set. Yeah. <laughs> well, because there, <laughs> no, there is that competition they always do of the open local opener. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. My older brother, Jake, he's pretty good with all that stuff. He keeps his eye on it and enter it enters mm. us into competitions for festivals and and things like that. So, um, yeah. But, I mean, Lycanthrope played last year. I mean, and the boys from Newcastle and were actually shocked that they weren't on the lineup again this year because I think a lot of people thought they might have gone back-to-back. Bloom and in the, Bloom are on the lineup from Sydney as well. So, you never know. That's it, mate. You never know what's around the corner. No. Well, I hate to do this because it's always what I hate to do is when we have to end the chat. But I guess, yeah, I probably should head off and get ready for work and yeah. let Harley do what he has to do. But it's been an absolute pleasure, Will and Harley, um, from Thanks, Total Buzzkill. Sorry? It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to both of you from Total Buzzkill. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having us on. No worries. And um, I'll send you the link um, to both episodes when I get home from work. It's probably only going to take like five minutes to upload. And um, feel free to share it once it's uploaded. And I'll have Total Buzzkill back on any day. Oh, Thanks, Sam. We love it. And we'll, we'll share it all over our, um, our band socials and also our personal socials as well. Um. Yeah, we absolutely love doing this stuff. It's it's good fun. And as I say to every band and artist, you think, oh, am I someone who takes these things serious? There's a bit of seriousness to podcasting, but I just want it to be chilled, relaxed, as much fun and banter as possible because life's too short to be serious. That's it, yeah, yeah. And it's good because you get to... Uh, serious interviews are hard because, um, you know, people can't see the the real side of you. They can't see the funny side. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's a, the, definitely the type of interview we prefer. And it's so much easier interviewing people you don't know. For anyone out there that wants to start interviewing, interview people you have no connection with, like you haven't met in person because it's easier to interview the people you haven't met in person than the people you have, because there's so much you don't know about bands that you don't know. Like with Total Buzzkill, I mean, like I had an inkling that uh, Jake, Lindsay and Will were brothers, but Will had to officially confirm it, because if I asked, are you brothers, and they're like, no, it look a bit embarrassing, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could see why you guess that. We've all got like the same last name on Facebook and stuff. Yeah, there could have been a cousin thing though, or yeah, that's true. Know, 
brother-in-law or something, so that's why I didn't say. Yeah, I don't think we have anything on our socials saying that we're brothers in a band or anything like that. Um, Like a lot of Spotify things will say three of the members are brothers or – but, yeah, no, it's – it's yeah. Alrighty, well, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. And anyone listening to this, please check out Total Buzzkill and give them a like, share, follow, stream, anything like that. And um, I would have Total Buzzkill back on any time and hopefully catch you at a gig sometime soon as well. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, that'll be so good. Um, I think there is an Aubrey show coming up early next year, maybe. I'm not sure. You're probably a fair fair way from Aubrey. But as I said, we are planning to to get to Melbourne next year as well. Yeah. Well, Aubrey's is certainly a lot closer to Warrigal than Brisbane or Lismore are. So. Oh, very cool. Well, we are going to be doing a show with a local band from Aubrey that we've worked with before. So oh, um, I should that- make my way up to like Wangaratta or... Wodonga or Shepparton or somewhere, just somewhere nearby and just have a weekend up there and then go to Albury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah, it's, it's going to be fun. Um, as soon as we release those dates, I'll message you as well. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, once again, Will and also Harley, thanks so much for being on the thanks, podcast. Sam. Thanks for having us, mate. Appreciate your time. No worries at all, and I'm sure we'll chat again sometime soon. Definitely. Yep, 100%. All right. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, guys. You too, mate. Thank you. See you, mate. Thank you. No worries. See ya. Bye.